Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting for the Matrix on the 30th of May 2013. I always suggest that newcomers look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and make good use of the website because there's well over a thousand hours of audios for free download where I go through the system we're born into and explain why things are happening because we're living through an agenda. The future is always planned by uh, those who really own government, basically, and governments are owned and they're completely compromised, too, with private foundations owned by the biggest bankers on the planet who shape the future of the world, just like a big business plan because business plans and all big corporations are, really are projected ahead to 50 years, even 100 years, including takeovers and things down the road, little wars they have amongst themselves as they go along. They plan it way ahead, way ahead in advance. And same with society and control over societies across the planet. So I go through the history of the big foundations, how they all set up at the same time, uh, headed by the same people, actually, and how they put their own men into government and have done for a 100 years, how they finance all the lobby groups, they finance all the NGO armies they have, non-governmental organization armies, who lobby governments too to have certain laws passed or changed or whatever. And uh, that's how the world is really, really run. It's, it's quite simple. Plus, they, they also uh, write up the curriculum for a school and, uh, and the process worldwide today uh, to make sure we're all standardized with the same education or indoctrination. It depends upon how you, you've taken it. And uh, I go through all of that in the website. Remember too, you bring me to you. I don't bring on advertisers as guests. I don't have sponsors. And all I have really is the public and uh, who keep me taking along uh, year after year. And um, it's up to you to keep me going. So if you like the, the, what I say, you can help me uh, pay the cost of all this because it's quite expensive, all the sites I have up there. And you can also buy the books and discs at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com where I go through the arts that are understood and been understood for thousands of years, how to control masses of people, beginning with early priesthoods up to the present time. And now we're living through uh, an age where neuroscience and uh, behaviorist psychology, uh, etc., they're all working together and shaping how we think, uh, even what we feel, in fact, and how we're being monitored like crazy to bring in the perfect world citizen, a completely dumbed-down, docile character uh, who will never give any trouble to the ones who rule at the top, who consider themselves as wise men and free men, uh, free men, truly free and wild too, by the way, because they're not dumbed down as we are. Because now we have government agencies to take care of all our decision-making for us. So you can buy the books and discs. Remember, too, from the U.S. to Canada, you can order using personal checks or international postal money orders. You can use cash or use PayPal across the world, Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal. And straight donations are really seriously welcome because everything's being devalued, as you all know, across the whole planet. In fact, all the currencies, 
through to, in, due to inflation because we're, we're getting ready now for the big, big uh, uh, banking crisis, even further banking crisis to come as those in control uh, bring in the new system. And they really do want a worldwide system with the Bank for International Settlements in Switzerland running the whole show and the IMF underneath it uh, being the strong arm for gauging, <coughs> gouging everybody for the, the payment schemes and so on. This is all set up by private organizations um, such as the Royal Institute of International Affairs or Council on Foreign Relations as the group in the U.S. is known. And they uh, set themselves up a long time ago to basically run the whole world's financial system uh, to fix the rates of currencies and the, the lending rates and also the, the, the rates uh, of interest, etc. That's a tremendous power for a private organization to have. They're unelected. Uh, they put their own members, as I say, into parliaments and, and governments across the world. As I say, it's a very private organization. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix and talking about the big system, which is everything really, because we live in a completely controlled system where people know it or not, most folk don't know it, and they don't really think about it much either, they're they're living in a semi-hypnotic state um, by watching television every single day, Uh, they believe what they're told by the news media, in fact it never occurs to them they could be getting lied to, or even conned. For, for some other reason, and it's always really been like this, always been like this. Uh, most folk don't know that uh, the, the main newscasters, or anchormen as they call them, are they're on the, the TV often until they're about 80 years of age, because uh, you've grown up with them, that's why they keep them there, you've grown up with them, they're father figures, many of them, and they belong to private organizations too, which have global agendas, etc. A lot of that's come out with ones, especially in the U.S. in the past, and it's never exposed until they've died or they've left or retired. So this is how the world's really run, and our minds truly are run this way too, including all of the fiction you soak up and the dramas that you soak up that are loaded with uh, messaging. It's predictive programming, it's called. It prepares you for things to come in your lifetime. Uh, cultural changes, things from uh, um, mass migrations of people into your countries, and things like that. Hi folks, I'm back on again. Uh, I think we're getting uh, some interference halfway to the U.S. with this phone call because uh, it's happening more and more frequently now when I'm on the air. And I've had problems before, but a year ago or two years ago, we even had trips happening in so-called automatic exchanges that were only tripping with my calls. And uh, so there's definitely some kind of deliberate deliberate interference. Now getting back to what I was saying, though, we're going through this massive change in the, in the world system and... Uh, uh, we're getting prepared for it at every stage by little media uh, exposés with experts coming on whom you're taught to believe, and, uh, and most folk do believe them, and getting you ready for big, big, big changes, especially into austerity. And austerity can't be overplayed because they really do mean what they're saying. It's a post-consumerist society, according to the, the big uh, think tank for the United Nations, which is the, uh, the Club of Rome. 
and uh, in post-consumerism, of course, all your extra cash is to go to spend and pay for taxes, extra fees, uh, energy costs, and so on, uh, and carbon taxes too. So you won't have the cash to spend on extra things and simply accumulate or whatever. Not that you can accumulate much these days because everything breaks very quickly after you buy it. It's all made in China. It's junk. And it truly is junk. It's built in obsolescence, and it's also biodegradable, a lot of the stuff. You don't even bother with warranties anymore because the thing generally perishes before the warranty is up or they bring out a new item for you to buy, especially in electronics. And so it's all managed, and this is all factored into the cost values and, and so on by those who design items, especially in computers and cell phones, etc., before, before they even make them. But everything's that way. Everything's cost-cutting and maximizing the profits for the, for the actual items themselves. This ties in, too, as the world gets into a, a smaller group of very incredibly wealthy people at the top, like never before ever in the history of the world, and a vast gulf between them and the rest of the public, even the middle classes, are pretty well uh, disappearing, more so in some countries first before the rest, but it's happening everywhere. Uh, I know Britain and parts of Europe have demolished them, a lot of them there. The only ones who consider themselves middle class now pretty well across Europe are the ones working for government in bureaucratic positions or even school teachers and so on. That's, that's what it's really all about. And in a way, you've got a communist system uh, which, which most folk can't even recognize because they don't know what communism is or was anymore. But that's what it is, because the big bankers in the world that funded communism into existence uh, in the Soviet system with the, with the Bolshevik revolution onwards and through a lot of, part, a lot of uh, Europe and elsewhere, uh, these were funded by bankers, international bankers, who wanted a society where they could control the whole planet by using economic uh, leverage, you might say. And they wanted government, big governments with lots of bureaucratic agencies to manage the public on their behalf. It's far better. See, the old bankers in the old days, Middle Ages and so on, used to get special permission to come into countries and tax farm, it was called. Tax farming was awfully popular, very, very lucrative for them. They were given special um, privileges by the kings and queens, and they were hated by the general population, but they were hated back in return because these people had nothing in common with the populations they were taxing from. And, of course, it's far better to do the same thing today using private centralized banks especially, and getting governments uh, to officially make these agencies, uh, as I say, very official and giving them extra powers and then lots of bureaucratic positions and agencies above them, around them too, which uh, help them to collect all their taxes and keep living on a high hog basically. And there's no chance of rebellion because the public are so watched by government agencies, especially now, too, with uh, the so-called war on terror, which, of course, is eternal. Terror means everything nowadays, anything which is politically incorrect. And in fact, if you even can, can criticize government today, it's called anti-government. Now, folk have always criticized government, even opposition parties are always criticizing the government to do with policies. But if you also object about a certain policy, uh, you, you're classified as anti-government altogether, not just the one policy. So you can't win in this situation, and that's how it's been set up by lawyers, etc., etc., or working for uh, the government agencies set up and controlled by the big boys at the top, which run the whole system and the money system. Money makes the world go round, and it's always been basically in the same hands, intergenerationally. It's more perfected today, and they, they, they scam you at least twice a century, 
in a big way and many uh, little ones in between. But to, uh, twice a century they'll plunder countries and crash the banks. That's standard procedure. And then they get bailed out and, uh, and they're quite happy with that. They lose nothing at all. In fact, in fact, they gain an awful lot. And people who are, who are, are, are crashing and lose everything too start to borrow money again to try to get back on their feet. So the banks win, win, win all the way. And, and it's never going to change because the ones at the top make the policy. If you go into most countries' uh, agreements with the big bankers and central bankers, the bankers run the whole show. They actually draft up the legislation for government to sign today, and governments uh, happily go along with it. So who do they represent the governments? It's a question that people should really, really ask themselves and do their, their homework and because there's lots of information out there on banking, lots of information about it. And it's as old as the hills, as they say. Now also in this big system with to be international, multicultural and so on, uh, diversity is the big thing, which means you must destroy existing cultures as uh, c- countries, especially European countries, are flooded with, with uh, diverse, meaning opposite cultures, cultures that have nothing really in common with them. And uh, and that was a plan to, to bring peace upon the planet, according to the old communist regime. And, of course, uh, you end up simply getting an, a new dominant minority coming in who who have wealth with them, who get special rights, and then they, they, they start dominating the country. Because it's always been that way. Uh, the, war, the, world, the world has always been full of wars down through the ages. And most of these wars were to do with ethnic clashes between different countries or even regions in a particular continent and so on. And it's still going on today. It's disguised, very disguised by different terminology. And it's so amazing that those who run the world understand this terminology so perfectly that they can say so many things to the public. The public think they know what's going on, but they, they really don't. They really don't know what's really, really going on. It's like looking at the disease if you're in medicine and you can see all the symptoms and you give me explanations as to why those symptoms arise, but you're not allowed to look at the actual disease itself. It's quite amazing how the world works and how our minds are controlled by the information and the way information is disseminated to the general populations by experts. And again, back to neuroscientists who use psycholinguistics, now called neurolinguistics, and and they understand how to use terminology to bring you to the conclusion they want you to arrive at. It works awfully, awfully well, pretty well, perfectly with most people. Now, Britain, as I say, has been getting hammered for a long time. It's been called the International Welfare State since about the 1970s. And it was advertised that all across Europe, in fact, for a long time and the world, the, and they called it welfare shopping. People were coming into Britain because they had all these laws put out that they had to accept people and put them on welfare, give them living, living accommodations, and, and so on and so on. And of course, it's a basic case with debt. Because, uh, again, the big bankers love this because the governments must borrow money constantly. Uh, and uh, that live off interest, remember, bankers. They don't intend, they, don't, they, they know themselves, it's not intended that, that uh, actual payments are, full, are, are paid in full. It's not, never intended that will ever happen because it cannot ever be done because compound interest is charged. It can't be paid off. 
So when governments like Britain say they're paying off or they're doing their, their balance, their books for the year, the fiscal year, they're talking about they managed to pay the interest for that year on all the debt owing. And so they never touched the actual debt itself, always the interest. And that's how the bankers like it. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix talking about the big system because the big system is, is quite it's everything. It's everything. It even gives you your thoughts, your opinions, and uh, it, it alters your mood even. It tells you what to be sad about, what to be happy about, what to be angry about, and it works awfully well. That's why they, they have you all doing your Twittering stuff and so on, and they can keep tabs on you to see how things are working as in real time as you're watching programs on TV and so on. It's perfect today. They know where they're failing. They know where they have to step something up. And it works perfectly well. Now, here's a, going back to Britain and so on. It says Britain has been taken to court by the European Commission. Now, the European Commission is the gang that runs this European Union, this parliament, that nobody wants it. But remember, it was, it was FD, FDR wanted this um, uh, done, the whole Europe amalgamated before World War II ended. And then Truman took over. Eisenhower wanted it too. And it became a mandate uh, for the big boys. M- most especially between, behind, uh, well, always the big bankers who, uh, again, had, were profiting mightily from the wars and so on. Uh, but they wanted reparations too and money, etc. And they came out with land lease plans and various plans to amalgamate Europe. But they had to keep it uh, secret from the general public because no- nobody in Europe wanted to amalgamate into this super Soviet system. And, um, and, and of course today it's already been done. And the European Commission, we don't even know who their names are. They run it at the top. They're not the politicians. These are unelected people, uh, that are some, somehow selected to be on the European Commission, this body at the top. And it, it truly is almost like the Soviet system. In fact, I'd say it was pretty well. Anyway, it says here Britain's been taken to court by the European Commission for allegedly discriminating against EU nationals. Now, what's an EU national? I mean, it means, what they mean is nationals from other countries in the EU, because there is no EU nation so far, who claim social security in the UK. Ministers are accused of discriminating against those from the EU member states who've been living and working in the UK. It's alleged an extra residency test applied by the UK to see if migrants are eligible to claim breaches EU law. Work and Pension Secretary Ian Duncan Smith said he planned to fight the Commission every step of the way. The EU as a standard test is supposed to be applied by countries to determine a migrant's eligibility for welfare payments, but the British Right to Reside test goes further and restricts access to a number of social security benefits that would otherwise be available to those coming to the UK from another EU member state. And the Commission believes the UK is breaking EU law and alleges thousands of people may have been unfairly denied benefits as a result. Now, as I say, Britain's uh, loaded down with such incredible debt. And they've got a huge, huge welfare system. And... um, and uh, they're already drowning, basically, in, in massive debts. And then they start cutting back and cutting back in, in different areas as, as far as they can. Even the National Health Service, uh, until many operations are cancelled, even cataracts and so on, you can't even get operations now for them on the NHS. 
and uh, various other things like that. So you're looking at um, the usual things, uh, uh, which the IMF does as well, by the way, the International Monetary Fund. When they come into a country, they immediately always slash the things at the bottom, like the National Health Services, medications, things like that, standard procedure. Now, it says, introduced in 1994 for any recent arrivals to the UK who claim means-tested benefits, including returning UK nationals, and they go through the whole list of, of necessities that are supposed to pay out welfare for. But the problem is, though, the people in Europe, especially the ones in the ex-Soviet nations that have come into the EU Union, are leaving bankrupt countries, totally bankrupt, because they were plundered by the so-called communists who all fled there with their billions out of there, and a lot of them went to L.A., in fact, and New York and other places uh, at the end of the Soviet period, but they looted the countries, and there's nothing left there for the public. There's no, there's no work in most of those countries, even like Bulgaria. Incredible how they've been devastated. And so they flood into Britain to get the, the best payments for, and start up money and so on as everybody would too. But uh, this is all managed. All, the, all this is managed. It was understood long before they, they, they amalgamated the whole of Europe into this big, massive Soviet bloc. And, uh, and of course, eventually it's to do away with all national sovereignty, where, where your actual national governments become provincial governments, like, like a, a minor type of government. And, and the, the EU uh, super parliament is the top boss. Now, they want the same thing done in the Americas under the NAFTA agreement, which is still ongoing, by the way. And they have signed so much of amalgamation. Uh, and they know it's not time yet to announce it's all been done because there would be too much of a ruckus, and especially in the US. But uh, they want to amalgamate the whole of the Americas, all of the Americas, including the BRIC countries as well. That's a big plan. And, of course, they've already got the Far East one going with China, where China is to be the, the, the dominant party over Australia, New Zealand, and a few other countries as well. That was designed back in the 1920s, that whole plan, by the Royal Institute of International Affairs. And here we are today. And we're taught that things just evolve this way by themselves. Utter rubbish. Now, also, too, we're, we're, we're conned in so many levels because... One of the biggest scams out is global warming, and it was it came out really by the far left, which is run by the big banks too, by the way, uh, and their guys to redistribute the wealth of the world from so-called richer countries to poorer countries. It's not to go there, of course, it's to go to those countries, but to international corporations that set up there. That's to benefit them. And I'll go into some of the cons that are going on as the top global warmists are jumping uh, ship, basically, because we're colder than we've been for a long, long time. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix and talking about the big con on global warming. Now the big boys themselves have banked so much on us believing in global warming for extra taxes, carbon taxes and all the rest of it uh, to 
distribute the wealth of our, our wealth, our tax money, basically extra fees and taxes to their big international corporations across the world. But also, too, is to manage our lives from birth to death in a new way of living, you understand. A world run by experts, which the big boys at the top have always been after and teaching us how to live simply, very, very simply. They call it austerity, as I say. And many of these so-called scientists and uh, and true uh, religious people of uh, the, the global warmest persuasion are, are feeders at the trough, basically, the big trough money pits to save us all. They're going to get awfully wealthy themselves, of course, saving us and, and spreading alarm about global warming. And it says here on this article, Truffer Yeo, Tim Yeo, who's one of the big warming uh, alarmists, basically. He says he recants on global warming. They call him Truffer Yeo because he's been living at the, at the public trough for a long, long time. But it says, uh, here's what Yeo said in 2009. He says, the dying gasps of the deniers, that's the warming deniers, will be put to bed. In five years' time, no one will argue about a man-made contribution to climate change. And here, less than five years on, is what he's saying now. He says, although I think the evidence that the climate is changing is now overwhelming, the causes are not absolutely clear. There could be natural causes and natural phases that are taking place. He says, we're going to see a lot of this in the coming weeks and months. Uh, that the, Even though I've been proved completely wrong, I was right all along, really. Non-apologetic reaction or retraction from all those former full-time climate alarmists, e.g. the Met Office with all their, fa- their, their emails that exposed them, lying all the time. Oxford's professor Miles Allen, even certain of the Telegraph's blogging colleagues who are now trying to escape from the collapsing edifice of the great uh, anthropogenic global warming scam while trying to salvage as much professional dignity as they can muster. It is notice that the weasel phrase, I think the evidence that the climate is changing is now overwhelming. It says it's a sort of technique you might learn in advanced NLP, and that's a neurolinguistic uh, class, as a way of pulling wool over the eyes of the unwary. What the phrase implies is there's been a long-running debate as to whether a climate is changing, that Yeo has always been on the right side of it, and now he has been vindicated. Truly, this is a slimy trick worthy of the man they sometimes call Truffer and sometimes Ebola. As we all know here, there has never been a debate about whether the climate is changing. Not even Mr. Thick, the thickest person on the planet, not even Mr. Fossil Fuel, the most lavishly big oil-funded denialist, uh, not a single person anywhere on earth ever in our lifetime has ever suggested that climate doesn't change. Indeed, uh, this has been the whole point that those of us on the right, which is the side of the argument, have been making all along. Climate change is a normal, natural and perpetual process which occurs and has always occurred with sublime indifference to man's puny input. And isn't that the truth? From, from ancient times to the present, warming periods, cooling periods, back and forth like a yo-yo. That's how it's always been. It says, still, it's good to see that you has taken at least the first tentative step in the path to redemption, admitting you were totally wrong about something, that you've been made to look at an utterly despicable, greedy fool, that even the conservatives in your constituency hate you, that no one trusts you as far as they can spit on you, and that you've done immeasurable damage to your country's landscape and economy with abysmally counterproductive environmental policies you not only helped to promote, but for which you may have benefited financially. See, all these big boys who promote the global warming have massive shares in all these alternative energies and windmills and all the rest of it that are just useless. But they get an awful rich off it too, you see. Everything you'll find in the world 
they were taught to believe is a scam. But someone always benefits mightily from each scam that comes along. Now, I've also mentioned, too, that um, I knew when, when the supermarkets and uh, pharmacies and all the rest of them came out with special cards for customer cards and so on, uh, that it was that there was much more more to it. In fact, in Canada, I think a lot of the supermarkets do air uh, miles. Uh, they call air miles uh, cards, and they get a little, a little ticker, stamper, or something. The more that you buy from a supermarket, but who else shares this particular air miles scam? Well, the government of Canada does because they run uh, the liquor stores and beer stores and everything else in Canada, and so they know what you're drinking and how much you're drinking. Uh, they know your habits when you go to buy your booze. They also know what you're eating and uh, how much of whatever you're eating, all the different items. And this is a control factor. This is all about controlling the public by finding out what you do and so on. And, and I knew back then, too, they'd also eventually start to tell you what what to eat, which is coming down the pike now. And eventually, for those who drink, so how much you drink, too, or stop drinking or whatever. But it says supermarkets keeping track of what customers buy to increase healthy eating. This is, a, this is how, it's, how they give you a propaganda piece. It's a kind of happy piece, you see. So, again, it's neuro-linguistics. Uh, 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 Supermarket keeping track of what customers buy to increase healthy eating. This is a positive statement, you see. And that's how they con you with this type of terminology. And it says... One of the UK's biggest supermarket chains is planning to spy on the shopping habits of customers who want to slim and advise them on how to eat more healthily. Tesco, so you understand that's what they're in the business of, but as you know, supermarkets are not there for profit. They're there to help you and get you healthy, right? I mean, you all know that, right? So Tesco will use data from its loyalty cards. Again, loyalty is a positive type, loyalty card scheme to see who is loading up on high-calorie or fat-laden foods such as donuts, chocolate, and pizza. Uh, 16 million uh, club card members could then be offered vouchers for healthier products or given recipes as part of the battle against the growing obesity uh, epidemic. Tesco boss Philip Clark said customers would need to opt in rather than being bombarded by unwanted suggestions. Sure, sure, sure. They're going to bombard you whether you like it or not. He says we won't encourage healthier lifestyles by editing choices, but we can influence choice by making healthier options, he says. He told the grocery magazine, the supermarket's technology experts have built an online tool dubbed the Healthy Little Differences Tracker that will measure how customers' habits change following the health drive. And it says the group is expected to contribute data to government research into obesity. So it's all working together as it was meant to. It says, however, only anonymous data. Well, places like Britain should know such uh, by now. There's no such thing as passing anonymous data on. Uh, they've had so many scandals with, with data being passed and sold, with, even with their, with their welfare systems and so on, and people who are members of it and, and, and so on, that there's no such thing as anonymity. This is Britain's biggest supermarket says 65% of its customers admit their lifestyle isn't as healthy as it liked and it had already teamed up with a charity diabetes UK to research diet patterns and agreed to cut the calories on its own brand soft drinks. And Tesco has also thrown its weight behind government plans to use universal label on the front of food packaging and stepped up efforts to reduce the $1,000 worth of groceries each family wastes every year. So, you're, so they're tying it in with higher prices, which always go along with all of this stuff. 
and selling your data. Uh, and this is sharing, you see, but it's been selling your data. Government buys it from them. And then they can keep a complete record of you and all your different habits, what you're purchasing, when you purchase it, and so on. And you cannot help the general public who go along with this. You can't do it. Because, you see, and it's called mousetrap, by the way, and marketers talk about mousetraps. They build mousetraps like credit cards and things like that. Same with your so-called loyalty cards. You get a little discount off, off all your... In other words, you get the proper price. Everybody else is charged the extra price if they don't buy the card. So it's extra profit for the, for the companies. That's how the cons all work. And that's all they need is a mousetrap, put a bit of cheese on it, and they, they go for the bait. So simple to, it's unfortunately so simple to con the public out of giving out all their details by saying you'll get a certain percentage off the cost of whatever. Incredible. Now, there's a caller on the line. It's Julie from North Carolina. Are you still there, Julie? Hey. Yes. Yeah. Um, first of all, um, I am a climate denier, but my new diagnosis is now inflexibility of opinion. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to mention that I watched the 1954 BBC pr- production of 1984 with Peter Cushing. Yeah. And do you know that they actually identify the three trading blocks in the movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that goes all the way back to Karl Marx. I mean, Karl Marx came out with that in the 1800s. And he wrote all his stuff in London, financed by the Rothschilds. So they, they knew where they were heading a long time ago. Yeah. Well, you know, the EU is called Eurasia in That's the movie. Right. The North Americas is called Oceania. Mm-hmm. And the East Pacific Rim region, which they're man, uh, you know, putting together now, is called East Asia yeah. in the movie. And the other thing I wanted to mention is... Um, O'Brien is talking to Winston, and he says the party seeks power for its own sake, not as a means but an end, power Mm -hmm. over the human mind, and power over all matter, climate, disease, Mm -hmm. the laws of gravity. And because we control the mind is what he says, and what you were mentioning about climate, I mean, they're doing it, you know, they're they're artificially uh, creating that. Oh, disease, yeah. look at the CDC and all the creation of the viruses going on, right? Mm-hmm. And then even with the matter that happened with the broadcast earlier and the, the airwaves we could throw in there too, yep. Yep. as far as control. Oh, it's all been done. And not only just the mind, though, it's also reality in itself. And that's what O'Brien said too. He says, if I tell you, and O'Brien, of course, was a member of the upper inner party, is if I tell you I can fly, then I can fly, and you'll believe it, you know. And so they, they, they tell us what to believe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Freedom is the freedom to say that two and two is four. But, you know, O'Brien does say to Winston, sometimes they're five, sometimes three, or yeah. all of them at once. That's right. Um, That's but right. the last thing I wanted to mention, um, Ellen, is really important, um, something that you talk about a lot, and it's also in that movie, is holding on to our humanity, our humaneness towards each other, mm-hmm. yep. how important that is for our survival. Um, I, I mean, I can't, I can't stress that uh, enough, but O'Brien says to Winston, never again will you be capable of ordinary human feeling. Yep. You will be hollow. We shall squeeze you empty, and then we shall fill you with ourselves. And, you know, Winston mm-hmm. says to Julia, if you can feel that staying human is worthwhile, even when you can't have any result, whatever, then you've beaten them. That's right. 
Oh yeah, and, and it's true, true. And, and it took, I think that Orwell took some of that from the short trials that the Soviet Union had. Uh, there were public short trials, but they brought up guys who'd been tortured, uh, just like we do nowadays to, to the Muslims and so on. And they, uh, when they came on trial, these guys were like robots. They, they agreed that they'd done the most nastiest, terrible things, just like you saw in 1984. And it was absolutely ridiculous, but uh, they were completely brainwashed. And, and they were like, just like Winston in the end of the, of the movie where he goes into the, the, the little bar they used to meet in under the chestnut tree and, uh, and, uh, he's, he's just one of the robots. He believes everything he's been told. He believes he's a bad guy. He believes he'll have to suffer for his, his unfaithfulness to the party and take the consequences. And that's how they can make you. And loving your servitude, that whole theme is in there. O'Brien actually uses that phrase yeah. to Winston that you will love Big Brother, you will love your servitude. And then we see Aldous Huxley, you know, in, in Brave New World, uses that same exact phrase. Right. Bertrand Russell, in mm-hmm. his 1963 UC Berkeley speech, which is on your website, uh-huh. uh, uses that same phrase as well. And that's correct. And also the Rockefeller Foundation, too, when they're talking about the school system they're going to create, and they make the people love their love their servitude as well. They'll come to us with complete docility, he said. And that's happening today. People really truly believe their indoctrination, and very few folk can break out of it. Yeah. I think these are scientific techniques that are very old, but more perfected today. And a lot of that was due to Pavlov as well. Uh, they took the Pavlovian system and conditioned reflexes, and then they brought in um, the the ones who were experts in guilt. They can create lots of guilt within a person, which is very important. If you understand uh, anthropology and different religions down through the ages, uh, the installation of guilt can actually make people either extremely um, nationalistic, because you get a, a strong uh, collective society. Uh, some this this still exists today, very powerful ones. And, uh, but they also, uh, make sure that they're altruistic amongst themselves, but nobody else, they're enemies to the outsiders. So all these techniques are perfectly understood down through the ages because even ancient times philosophers talked about them and they studied humans just like they do today. Yeah. Yeah, well, they resort to torture basically in the movie. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you could really take that on another level of mind. You know, really. Well, you even get the schools now. The school system, uh, they have groupthink in schools now. At one time, they used to ask different opinions or want different opinions to get a good discussion going and good debate, but not now. In schools, you you all sit in a group, often in a circle, in fact, on any particular important topic. And anyone who disagrees with with the the consensus at the end of the talk um, is often ostracized by the rest of the group to make them feel guilty about not joining them until they gave in and say, okay, I'll agree with you, you're, you're right. And so everything today is groupthink. That's right. Sure, and I mean, what is groupthink? Groupthink is is promoting the mass mentality, which is really the eradication of individualism, isn't it? That's right. That's right. It's, it's what your over, overlords want you to have, is groupthink. It's the, it's the authorized thinking mode on any, any particular topic. Because it is the individual, only the individual, that will be able to overcome this this whole system. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Groups can't do. Groups are too. In fact, I remember the communist system. When you really study it, um, when they looked at the West, they would foster 
movements in the West, many kinds of movements, even amongst the churches, that they didn't know themselves were being used. And um, they would get them onto something that sounded rather innocuous, some some particular direction that they could change things, that they sounded a good thing. But this is how they, they got it all started. Then they started uh, introducing their own little um, ideas into it, which, which had never mentioned the word communism or communistic logic or thinking. Or agendas, but uh, people started to adopt these particular things, and they were practicing communism without even knowing it themselves. And these were some of the top churches in the U.S. Yep. Well, you that know, I was out planning with, uh, on going American. to the Monsanto march. They had one uh, here, and uh, on the 25th of May, but <clears throat> I didn't go because I, I knew it would be infiltrated by NGOs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, some of the NGOs too, remember, don't want you to... The, uh, Friends of the Earth, when you look into the people who've run thin, Friends of the Earth, they come, they come out with some good stuff too, mind you. But when you go into the, the, the top organizers, these guys literally want to... They, they hate humanity. They love the animals, they hate humanity, and they want to drastically reduce uh, the population of the world, which ties in exactly with the Rockefeller Foundation, what they want to do on behalf of the elites. <laughs> But thanks for calling. Back after this. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix. And um, as I mentioned at the beginning in the program tonight, I was talking about the big banking system and how step by step we're getting put into a new system and they must cause crisis after crisis to get the power to do so, those at the top who've planned it all, you see. And other countries in Europe are still suffering massively under this incredible new European central bank, this big major domo, this big, big boss's private central bank, of course, which really works for the, the Bank for International Settlement, Switzerland, again, a private organization that was set up by the Royal Institute for International Affairs, another private organization. Anyway, in, in Spain right now, it's a Spanish woman commits suicide as foreclosure agents walk into her apartment. And it says that um, the intensification of the financial crisis in Spain and across Europe is having very real effects on the lives of people. Well, I like their intelligence here. Of course, they've been having this for years. Beyond the rise in the unemployment rate, widespread foreclosures across Spain have caused at least two suicides over the past few weeks, along with unsuccessful attempts in the city of Valencia. And anyway, a 53-year-old woman uh, jumped from a six-story balcony in the Basque city of Baracaldo as foreclosure agents forced open her door. Now, you'll notice uh, that the debt collectors don't give a damn about the system. They're quite happy to, to, to retrieve a property and resell it and so on at higher uh, costs, etc. Uh, and life is cheap today. Uh, no one really bothers about it. It's a disgusting society we live in. And Spain's Bankia, this bank decimates savers as stock plummets and a police officer stabs a banker who sold him shares before it all happened. Uh, so they're really getting hit hard there and elsewhere too. Meanwhile, again, going back to Britain, I use Britain as an example because, you see, the, the Royal Institute of International Affairs said that they'd use Britain as a flagship, the flagship of how the, the rest of the world is to become. Do you want to be like Britain, folks? With a National Health Service that literally has now implemented in Scotland, for instance, GERFEC, which is, is monitoring every child from birth. And with a, with a state advocate given by the state, a social worker, for every single child who report their parents and all the rest of it. 
incredible. Way beyond Stasi control. And also this in Britain, it says, Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Council stops schools from serving potatoes to children because potatoes now are too expensive. This is Great Britain, remember. Too expensive to buy potatoes now. But you're supposed to get all the different nationals from across Europe and put them on welfare. Who's behind all of this, folks? You have to do your homework. Carl Quigley talked about it. He was a, he was a personal historian of the private archives they have for the guys who create our history. They're all in Chief International Affairs Council and Foreign Relations. They're across the whole planet today. And he said every prime minister and president since the late 1800s is a member of this organization. On the left wing and on the right wing, it doesn't matter. The guys at the top are all members of this one group. The whole of the European Parliament are members of it. And George Soros is in charge of that department. We're run by a big, big gang at the top who have a lot in common with each other, an awful lot in common with each other, by the way. And it's up to you to find out what. If you don't, it's to your own detriment. Ignorance is always to your detriment. From Hamish, myself, Ontario, Canada is good night to me. Your God of your gods go with you. <laughs>